Hello everyone and welcome back to Self-Interrupted, the top 50 African podcast with your host, Kit Costello. Yeah, let it be known, the African listeners, they're gonna be listening. No, it's true. As you know, I like to start off the episode with a random charts that we're on. And I don't know if we're still on the African charts, but I know that the first episode debuted. It debuted, no it did, it's true. Not only on the African charts, but you know, the American Hot 100. We debuted, we took all 10 spaces. No, it's true, we didn't even do it with the Nikki feature. Can you tell I have a lot of energy today? Christ, like this is a lot. Today we're talking about clubbing and why I don't like the idea of clubbing in nightclubs. I don't want people to think that I'm talking about like after school activities. This is something I'm nervous about. I don't want people to see the title and be like, why you don't like clubbing? Like, bitch, I don't care. No, girl, I'm talking about going out nightclubbing, drinking, dancing. We're getting into it this episode. And I'm really excited to do so. What was last episode? Last episode, we talked about January favorites, which was really fun. Really camp, really fun. But oh my gosh, you guys, I'll get into it in the catch up of the week. Famously, I do a catch up before the topic where I get onto like what I've been doing this past week. But oh my gosh, last episode was like so much for me to film. It was intense. It was a lot. But this episode, I'm feeling much more with it. You know, I'm feeling much more energized because I'm actually recording during the day. I normally record at nighttime. I like it to be like all dark and then I'm just recording. I'm just talking to you guys, you know, like it's a FaceTime call. Because of last week, bitch, I had to record during the daytime. I'm really excited to get into today's topic of clubbing and why I don't like it. It's kind of a controversial topic because, I mean, I'm 20. A lot of people around my age, they like to club. No, they do. It's true. I'm really coming out of a left field saying I don't like clubbing. So we're just going to get into this episode topic. But before we do so, let's get into what's been going on in my week. So famously, last episode was my January favorites. You would think this was a simple episode for me to record. Girl, no, I was screaming and crying. I recorded for like almost two hours. It's bad for me. Normally I record for an hour or 50 minutes to put it into perspective and I edit it down to around 35 minutes. But no, I was repeating every single word I was saying for like two hours. And there's good reason. Let me tell you, let me tell you right now. Let me tell you about my recording setup real quick. Famously, I live on a farm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And we live in a farmhouse. Now this farmhouse is split into two. Me and my family live on one side and extended family live on the other side. But the house is now vacant on the other side. Babe, no one lives there. So now I record my podcast in one of the spare rooms in that house, basically. Because this side of the house that I'm recording in right now is vacant, it's completely empty. Like there's nothing in here. And now this is a very, very old house. So like, is it haunted? I don't know. But this story may make you believe that it is. Last week, I was, you know, minding my business. I was Kit Costelloing. I was recording Self Interrupted, the Grammy nominated podcast. I was sitting down and it was around six o'clock. So it was dark out, but I was tired, girl. Famously, I said last episode, I wasn't getting good sleep, but I tried to, you know, keep it peppy for the podcast. I want you guys to have a good experience listening to this podcast. And I had a good time recording it. I don't need to think I was just like trying to force it, but I was lacking energy. But what didn't help was the fact that I'm sure I was in the presence of a ghost last episode recording this podcast. I was sitting down and I kind of like to record when all the house is dark. I don't know why it feels like it's just like more comforting for me. So I came into the house and all the lights were off. I came upstairs, like I said, I recorded in one of the spare bedrooms and I turned on the bathroom light. Now the room that I record in is just opposite the bathroom. And when I came out of the bathroom, the light to the bedroom I recorded was on and I was like, okay, this is bizarre. I didn't turn that on. But then, you know, I gaslit myself and I was like, no, 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 Kit, you turned it on. Stop trying to make this something it isn't. So I was like, yeah, okay, bestie, you're right, you're right. Now I'm recording, but I start hearing creaking 
around the top floor of the house. And I'm kind of screaming at this point because, you know, you hear your house settling, which is just like, you know, creaking within the walls and stuff, which is just normal. But this creaking was like coming toward the door and then going away. So I was like, hmm, yeah, this isn't normal. It kind of got progressively closer to the door. And then it felt like it at one point came in the room. And something that felt really weird was the fact that I was, get, I was getting really, really hot to the point where it felt like I was coming up in hives, which isn't good. And I felt it like a lot on the sides of my head. So I touched the sides of my head and I feel my veins are like pulsing, like bitch, they're up. I said, ooh, not the veins on the side of my head. And then I start hearing doors creaking. Now reminder, this house is vacant. No one uses it. The windows are all closed. There's no way that the doors should be moving. Not the ghost story, please. So the doors are now creaking. My heartbeat is racing. But reminder, it's a Monday, okay? So it's Monday, the podcast comes out on Wednesday. It takes me about just, you know, a day to edit it. So I had, this was like, I needed to do it. I had a tight schedule to turn around this episode of the podcast. I was just like, you know what? This house might be haunted, but bitch, I need to keep recording. Like, this is serious. I kind of get on with the recording and throughout the recording, I keep hearing like weird, like noises from outside the room. And it's just bizarre, but I'm trying to ignore it the best I can. Anyway, I end recording the episode of the podcast like two hours later and I go into the bathroom, turn on the light and look in the mirror. Because, reminder, I'm feeling hot on my forehead. It's feeling weird. And I look and I have, like, little scratches on my forehead. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what, what's going on? Like, that's not normal. And the scratches weren't big. They were, like, little, almost like cat scratches. But, like, very faint. But I was like, you guys, I'm sleep deprived. It must be me just imagining this, you know? Not me being like, I'm imagining this when there's ocular proof of scratches on my forehead. Tuesday rolls around and I'm editing the podcast. While I'm editing, I'm kind of trying to look out for like weird noises in the background so that I can tell if I was gaslighting myself and kind of hearing phantom noises in the background because I didn't know if they were real or not. There was a part in the recording of last week's episode where I stopped recording, but like I stopped talking and I was just like, what is going on? And it was kind of me whispering like this. I was like, what's going on? Like, this is so weird. Like, and then while I was doing that, I stopped talking and I heard something in the recording and I couldn't distinguish what it was saying, but it was a lower volume to the way that I was speaking. So it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And I don't know what it was, I don't know. And I have like a recorder and a microphone. It's a professional setup, babe, like let it be known. And then I went into the house the next day and I didn't feel the same energy because I'm very much an energy person. As soon as I came into the house on Monday to record the episode, it felt weird, it felt off. But honestly, like my demeanor that whole day was off. So I don't know if I like bought a presence with me, but it was, it was really weird. And then on Friday I came back in and I actually did a TikTok live, but it was fine. It literally like, it didn't feel haunted and I'm here today in the same room, it's fine. But I am here during the day because I was not about to let a bloody ghost presence, the presence of a ghost, come in between me and the kittenators. Like, you guys are listening to the podcast and I have something to give you guys and it's the episode and I'm not gonna let some random ghost who may be just homophobic. Yeah, I just slipped in the fact that he's probably homophobic. He probably is. Like, why else would he be haunting me? Like, for what? Like, if anything, this ghost would probably be living on the farm, which has been in my family for generations. So if this is a generational ghost, it's homophobic. Cause like, if I was a farmer, I know you wouldn't be haunting me, but I'm a non-binary model. Of course you're up in my gig. Typical. And I bet it's a man. I bet, you know what? Sorry, no, I don't care. I bet it's a man. I bet it's a man trying to haunt me. 
bring me down. But you're never gonna bring down the kittenators. You're never gonna bring down the self-interrupters. You're never gonna bring us down, bitch, because guess what? We're charting in several countries. And your little presence, bestie, is not gonna it's not gonna do anything for us. We can live in unison as long as you stay on this side of the house. Because when I'm trying to get my 10 hours, famously, of sleep, you better not come and knocking on my door. Anyway, that's the ghost story. But genuinely, I told my friends about this and they were like, they were more terrified than me. They were like, what the, what, what, why did you continue recording? But I was like, I have an obligation. Like, these are my besties. Anyway, something I was gonna do was sage the house. I say this because on Tuesday, I actually went to Notting Hill with my friend Emma. Yeah, it's something that I did this week. We're getting into this week's conversation. We went thrifting. Did I buy anything? No, I'm actually really bad at going shopping, especially thrifting, because a lot of the time I'm like, is it worth it? Like, uh, is it worth me spending like 40 pounds on a jumper? Like, this isn't thrifting, this is just shopping. I feel like thrifting is buying and finding good finds for cheap. If I'm spending 40 pounds, it's just, it's, it's abolishing the idea of thrifting. So we went thrifting. We actually went into this little shop and it had sage and I was like, should I sage the house? And I was like, to be fair, it's not my house to sage. Like this isn't my side of the house. And I know I would be the one to set off the fire alarm with sage. So I just didn't have time for that. But luckily the house feels pretty fine now. So I didn't need the sage after all. Anyway, what else did I get onto last week? Oh, talking about Emma. Her EP came out. Everyone scream, Grow or Die the EP by Emma Bradley. Stream now, I'm so serious. Which by the way, California, my favorite song from the EP, debuted on the Kit Costello top 10 charts at number six, and it's only been two days. So it's a seriously good EP. And if you haven't listened, please go stream. It's really good. And funnily enough, on the release of that EP, Emma actually had like a, a little radio interview and a performance. And my laser hair removal was right next to like the radio station, the BBC radio station. So I went outside and I met her with a bunch of flowers to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, I did. And then I walked around Oxford Street aimlessly listening to her. But then on my way home, I couldn't get the train because the trains have been on bloody strike since like Monday. And blessed be, I know the reasons for strikes, but bestie, I'm out here on these streets screaming. Something else I did this week, was I got my eyebrows threaded for the first time. We've had a lot of like self-care maintenance days. We've got laser, we've got eyebrow threading. My eyebrow lady, Christ, she was going in. It was like a weed whacker. She, I, it didn't hurt really at all. It honestly felt kind of satisfying. Like it wasn't necessarily like a pain. It was more of like a pressure, but I could feel all of those hairs coming out and it did feel good. I'm going to be real. And initially when I looked, I said, oh shit. Not the 1920s thin eyebrows because I have, my dad's Welsh. So I have very Welsh eyebrows, which are very big, very bushy. But now bitch, it's giving, it's giving, I don't know, like it's giving 1920s thin. They're not that thin, but like they're nice and like shapely, which is nice just in time for my fashion week castings, which are coming up. Everyone scream, London fashion week is coming up literally within like just over a week, which is crazy. So I have a couple of castings next week, which I'm really excited for because like I said last episode, work is really ebbing at the moment. I'm not getting that much modeling work, but like I said, it ebbs and flows and now I have a couple of castings next week which is really exciting and I do I actually really like going to castings but I'm definitely going to talk about that next week so definitely stay tuned for next week's episode but let's get into this episode actually and this topic about why I just cannot stand clubbing the idea of clubbing is something I've never been keen on. Ever since I was younger, all my old friends were desperate to go clubbing, like buying fake IDs kind of desperate, okay? I was like, all of this? To go out to a dark club at like 1 a.m. with expensive alcohol and bad music? You're, you're buying a fake ID for like 80 pounds? 
to do all of that. Which by the way, fake IDs, that was an epidemic. When I was in sixth form, like 16, 17, the children were buying the fake IDs like their lives depended on it. And there were certain people you were going to. There were like dealers for these fake IDs. I remember like on people's stories, it was almost like they were influencers. Like they were like, get 10% off of your next fake ID if you do like a story post for me. I was like, girl, you think I'm gonna be posting about my criminal activity on my Snapchat story? Please, absolute chaos. And then you'd, you'd see their like fake IDs and it would look like a real ID. And I'd be like, where the hell are you getting these from? Like actually looking back, where were those people, these like 17 year olds getting these fake IDs? I guess there's websites online, but then if there were websites online, then why weren't the children just getting them themselves and having to like get this middleman to get the fake IDs for them? Also a fake ID, you better be taking a a good photo for your fake ID. If I see you with a passport photo for your fake ID, I want you to do like a professional photo shoot, hair, makeup, Photoshop, like bitch, I'm serious. And also go crazy, like put a fake name in. I know it's meant to be a fake ID and I guess you would put a fake name in. I don't know how they work. I never had one. I remember also there was a thing where you would ask people for their IDs. People like DMing you, who you don't speak to, just being like, hey, can I borrow your ID? We barely speak. And you literally want to do identity theft with my ID and you barely say, hey, how was your week? You want my, you, you want my, you, what? This girl, my criminal record. I don't know if you can, but I don't want people to think that Kit Costello is going out to the clubs at all. What a random time to be under age and going to clubs. That was never me though, because girl, I always hate the idea of going clubbing. I actually have 12 points here that I'm going to, talk about but I just want to quick fire go through them first and then we'll go back to each individual one and I'll elaborate on why it's just it goes towards the reasoning I don't want to go out to a club so number one people number two drunk people number three annoying drunk people number four it's late number five it's too hot number six awkward dancing number seven bad music number eight people trying to make moves number nine hot people number 10 overpriced drinks number 11 queuing and number 12 insecure we got deep with the last one no we did so let's take it back to number one people people in general okay the overcrowding of clubs it's crazy like, it's insane. You think I want to be spending my Saturday night literally like elbow to elbow with random people around my age in a club? Absolutely not. Number two, second point, drunk people. Oh my God, don't get me started. Drunk people, for me, there's like, there's, I feel like there's a spectrum of drunk people, you know, because life is a spectrum. There's kind of fun drunk people, which also, if someone says that they're a fun drunk, run a mile, bitch, because you know that they're just gonna be screaming, crying. They're like, I'm a fun drunk. And then they run out in the middle of the road and get hit by a car. Like, that's not a fun drunk. I'm sitting in A&E with you now for eight hours. Like, that's not fun for me. There's violent drunk people. And then there's just like the talkative drunk person who just talks far too much. And then there's the crying drunk person. Christ, it's not good. There's like drunk people. A lot of my friends are the kind of drunk people that just like, you can't really tell that they're drunk. The next day they'll wake up and they'll be like, oh my God, I was so hammered last night. And I was like, bitch, you were hammered? I didn't even know you were drunk. But then there's the annoying drunk people. Now this falls under the fun drunk, which by the way, fun drunk is a self-titled thing. So if someone says that they're a fun drunk, 
no, babe, you're classified as an annoying drunk to me. An annoying drunk to me is someone that just like is screaming and crying. Like that's annoying. No, it is. It's so frustrating. And I know like, I sound like such a killjoy right now or a joy kill, whatever. I don't mind being around some drunk people, but you guys know the drunk people I'm talking about. I'm not talking tipsy. Tipsy, mama, that's fine. You enjoy your night. I'm talking drunk. Like bitch, you're paralytic. You are black out. You don't know your wrist from your ankle. This is the kind of drunk person I'm talking about. And this is the annoying drunk. The kind of annoying drunk that is trying to like also pick a fight. Like, oh my God, that's so bad for me. And you have to kind of like parent them, especially cause, oh, famously I don't drink. I didn't say this. Another major reason as to why I don't like going out. I don't drink alcohol. I may have a glass of wine here and there with girlies when I'm having a games night, but like, I'm not about to get paralytic in the middle of London. Point number four is just the lateness. The idea of like leaving my house at 11 PM dramatic pause. Like I have to scream. I kind of struggle to leave the house after eight o'clock. When I say leave the house, most of the time if I'm leaving that late, I'm going to my friend's apartment. Like I'm not leaving the house to go out at 8 p.m. I like having a cup of tea while watching Gilmore Girls. Like that's my vibe personally. If I'm going out, I'm going straight directly to my friend's apartment and we're doing exactly what I said, but at their apartment. And we're just cozy, comforting, cocooning. That's what we're doing. That's what the girls are doing. So the lateness is just not the vibe. And then I feel very insecure when it's late because point one to three people, drunk people, annoying people, mama, they're out on the town. They're on the tube, they're on the train. So I don't feel safe, first of all more serious. I don't feel safe when there's drunk people, especially drunk men. So I like to stay guarded when it's late and I like to just stay by myself when it's late. And I think that's fair enough. Number five, it's too hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clubs, I'm being incredibly serious when I say this. Mama, stop investing in lighting and invest in some AC. Invest in the air conditioning, babe. If I'm in a club and I am sweating by standing still, there's something wrong. And I don't care how many hundreds of people are jumping up and down. Mm -mm. It shouldn't make a difference. I don't want to feel sweaty. I don't want to feel clammy at a club. Number six, awkward dancing. Okay, we will get into this when I talk about my story about going clubbing, but the awkward dancing, I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing, you guys. I thought it was something in movies. Okay, let me talk about it. The fist pump. Girl, the fist pump. The putting the fist in the air and pumping it. Again, I'm not judging the children that do it. It's me. It's it's a personal thing for me. Whenever I'm doing that, or when I did do that at that club at that time, in that moment, at that story that I will get into, all I could see and all I could think about was me looking at myself doing that. And also you're cramped. So you can't like, you can't really move that much. You're just trying to like vibe. And then like, if you're there with someone, it could be kind of awkward because you can't really communicate, which brings us on to, Point seven, which is bad music. Now bad music can also contribute to the volume of the music, which brings me back to the point of talking and communicating with that person. You can't, but you're screaming. You're screaming, you're screaming into their ear. You're not communicating with the person. You're fist bumping to bad music. Now bad music, I don't mean like B-sides of an album. I mean categorically bad remixes of perfectly good songs. If those songs debuted at the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100, why are we remixing it? Why are we remixing Woman by Doja Cat? It's unnecessary. I think it's a cheap thrill. You're remixing Break Free by Ariana Grande. That was produced by Zed, one of the best DJs of this generation. 
I don't know if he's a DJ actually. Not me like bringing in the music history and the music lore, but like he is. If you're gonna remix something, remix something that's sad. Like I have nothing by Whitney Houston. That would be a gag if that was remixed because it's not a song that people can dance to, but it's a song that people know. If you're remixing a song that people dance to and you make it a worse song to dance to, mama, you failed your job. And quite frankly, you're lazy at your job because you're remixing a song that doesn't need remixing because it's a song that people dance to. So if I'm at the club and I hear any kind of song that's just like in the pop charts being remixed, I'm already annoyed. Number eight is people trying to make moves. By make moves, I mean people trying to flirt with me. I'm an awkward person, okay? So if you're the point of number nine and you're a hot person and you're trying to be point eight making moves, I'm gonna be screaming and crying. Anyone that tries to make moves on me, please, mama, leave the vicinity. I feel incredibly awkward. I'm not gonna be able to like flirt back with you. First of all, bringing it back, to point seven, bad music, loud music. You're trying to make moves with someone that can't hear you. You're coming this close to my ear and you're screaming, hey, you look really cool. Like bitch, that's a move in and of itself because you're literally centimeters away from my face. You may as well practically put your tongue down my throat. It's so bizarre. Number 10, overpriced drinks. I'm not like a tight person. I understand that like, you're gonna have to up the drink price. But when I'm paying 10 pound for a lemonade, yeah, no, it's bad. Okay, 10 pound is probably a bit too much, but like five pound. You're making me pay five pound for a lemonade. Go, I could get what, four bottles of lemonade easily for five pound. And you're giving me half a pint of lemonade for five pound? Don't make me scream right now. Number 11 is queuing. I've seen queues for nightclubs last for hours. You guys, that's dedication. You know what? I was about to say, do something else with your night. But listen, if you are dedicated enough, I hope you have an incredible night. And I hope that everyone that goes out to a club has an incredible night. But me personally, I'm not gonna have an incredible night when I'm going out clubbing, okay? No, it's serious. Because I'm what? I'm point number 12, I'm insecure. And that go that ties everything. All of these points, it all comes back to the point that I'm insecure. Because it's late, I'm vulnerable. But then there's drunk people, so I'm insecure about what they're gonna say. Because a, a drunk person is like a child that just says anything that they want. Like the filter's gone. I'm also insecure because it's too hot, like I said in point five. So I'm now sweating. I have to think previously to going out, I have to wear black. If I'm wearing gray, Christ, the sweat patches, it's gonna be real. Don't even get me started about clubbing in the height of summer. I couldn't imagine it. Clubbing in 30 degree heat, you can miss me with that, mama, that's a pit to hell. But in general, those are my 12 points as to why I just don't like the idea of clubbing. And it's funny because I say that to a lot of people, and sometimes they're a little bit shocked, they're taken aback if they don't know me personally. The besties, the girlies, they know, they understand. But there are certain people that even as comfortable as you can be with them, they will get annoyed if you don't go out clubbing with them. I've been in previous friendships where they will like gaslight you and make you think that you are a massive problem if you are not going out clubbing with them on a Tuesday night. They will get categorically mad that you have left the event, the function, because you didn't want to go on with them to a club in some random place. Like, that is just, that is like, honestly, not great. A good friend would never pressure you to go to a club because it doesn't feel nice when someone's making you feel as though you're a problem because you don't feel comfortable going out. And when this happened to me, when was this? This was like 2021 that this event happened where I was kind of pressured into going to a club. I didn't go to the club, but I was basically made to feel like I should have gone to the club and that these people were falling out with me because I didn't go with them to some lame club. And I was like, you guys really picked this lame ass club over me? You picked that. 
not even the fact that they went and they picked that over me. They just picked like almost the club side over like just being rational and thinking, oh, Kit doesn't really go out late at night, point one. Kit doesn't actually really drink, point two. So Kit probably wouldn't want to go out to a club right now, point three. So point four, we're not really gonna ask Kit to go out to this club. Or maybe we will, but we will respect the answer of Kit when they say, actually, you guys, I just want to go home. I don't really want to go out to the clubs tonight, you know? And you need to respect that when someone, I mean, obviously no means no. In all situations, when someone says no, bestie, you have to respect that. You can't keep prying them and say, no, it's going to be great because I'm there. Go, I don't care if the pop divas were at this club. I'm not going unless I feel comfortable going. Imagine if I went to that club that night and I didn't have a good time. And then it just makes you feel even worse. It makes you feel like, oh, now I'm not having a good time. You become my 12th point of the points list, insecure. You become insecure that you're not having a good enough time to appease your friends. So it's really important that you respect people's decisions and that if any of your friends are doing that, let it be known that they are not a good friend. They're not a good friend if they are making you feel less than for not going to a club. If they're saying like, oh, you're not mature enough. You're you're 18 now. You should want to go out in the middle of London at 2 a.m. and dance with complete strangers. But when you don't have a good friendship group at any age to go clubbing, it's not a good vibe. But, you know, we move on and you realize those kind of friends, they just don't thrive in your life. Quite honestly, if you're not respecting an answer that someone's giving you in any kind of situation, not only just clubbing, but if someone doesn't respect an answer that you give them, like no, for example, you have to start thinking about other options and moving on. Because those friends, it's like, okay, well, what was your motive to begin with? Do you actually want me to come out and have a good time? Because if you actually did want me to have a good time, you would recognize that me having a good time does not equal me going out clubbing. Because I don't care how much you think that I'm gonna have a good time going out to this club with you. It doesn't matter how I perceive it at that point in my life. It was if I go out to the clubs at night, somewhere I don't know, I'm in danger. And the anxiety will start peaking. And you, you know, these people have to respect that. And you have to learn that. So if, if you're young, if you're old, if you're middle-aged, bestie, you need to learn that like friends that don't respect those boundaries, it's all about boundaries. And friends that don't respect those boundaries, you need to kind of like either have a conversation with them or just like move on from it because it's so important that you have those people around you that respect you enough to say, okay, no, it's totally fine. And they don't keep harping on it. I understand if it's like, no, I don't want to go out. And then they say, oh, but I really think you have a good time because this isn't that. But then if you say, no, actually, I'm, I'm totally fine. And then they say, okay, yeah, that's fine. Have a good night in. But if they're like, no, like you'll have a good time. And then it's, but why, why are you always like this? Why do you have to always make this about you? You, you don't know if you'll have a good time because you've never been out clubbing. So, so on so many levels, that's so wrong. I don't care if you're trying to do it for me. I'm doing so many air quotes right now. Do it for me. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for yourself. If you want to have a good time, you find that friend. And even for that friend that wants you to go out clubbing, it'll be so much better for them if they find a friend that actually enjoys clubbing because that would be euphoric, you know? Finding two friends that actually really enjoy going out clubbing and really enjoy that moment together and can be present in that moment rather than me, for example, who would have at that time gone out clubbing and just completely been thinking, is my drink gonna get spiked? It's late, I don't feel, I feel anxious, I wanna go home. Having that constantly go around would be so frustrating because I wouldn't have been able to express that, especially to those kind of friends. I would have had to just act like I was having a good time because that's what they said that I was gonna have. And I don't wanna 
make them feel bad for inviting me out, even though I said I didn't want to come out in the first place. Please stick to your guns, as awkward as it may make the friendship, because you'll look back in the future and you'll think they were not good people to hang out with. And that was not a good, that was not a good conversation we were having. It was not productive. So let's move on to the first time I debuted at a nightclub. The first time I went to a nightclub was with my friend Kian, and we went to Heaven Nightclub in London. Hello Kian, that's Bestie. So this story is set in April of 2022. So just last year, I went to my first club as a 20 year old. Mm -hmm. I actually turned 18 during the pandemic, so I couldn't go to a club when I was 18, which obviously I was devastated, darling. I'm kidding, I didn't wanna to go to a club at all. When I started making friends in London, I would get asked to come out with them. And I would say no, I'd, just, I'd say like I wasn't comfortable and they understood it. But one day, Kian asked me, he said, bestie, like, let's go out to the clubs. And I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna go out with anyone, I'm gonna go out with you because I feel safe, I feel comfortable around you. He'd been to heaven a few times. So I was like, bestie knows, he knows what's going on. Like, I wanna go with you. Okay, a bit of context, if you care to listen, escapism by Ray, sorry. Anyway, we went clubbing on a Thursday and Friday it was shut. And also Saturday, Sunday and Monday it was shut. Something, it was something like that where multiple days in a row, the club was gonna be shut. So this Thursday, it was gonna be packed and we didn't really realize this, okay? Also on this certain day, two drag race winners were there. So you know the gays were gonna show up to a gay nightclub in London where two American drag race winners were there. I think it was Willow Pill and Jinx Monsoon, okay? It was, a, it was a stellar lineup. No, it was. To be honest, I wasn't necessarily nervous. I think I was more kind of excited to go out clubbing because I felt comfortable. That's a key part of this story. I felt comfortable with the friends I was going with. I felt comfortable in the situation because Kian had said, if you feel uncomfortable, bitch, we can just go home. Like, it's not that serious. It's about nine o'clock and I'm at Kian's flat and we're doing pre-drinks with the girlies. No, we are. We're drinking, we're drinking, we're drinking and it's fun. I mean, I'm not drinking. I am drinking lemonade, let it be known. But the, the children are drinking, they're doing their pre-drinks, which is a sleigh. We love that for them. At around 10 o'clock, the Uber pulls up and we're about to make our way to Heaven Nightclub. So we're driving there and on the way there, it's chill. I think we're talking about Taylor Swift famously and we put up to Heaven Nightclub. Now remember, when I was talking about my points, at number 11, the point of queuing was made. Heaven is known for an extensive queue. It's known that you can queue for hours. My friends knew this and they just wanted to get into the club. We went at like 10.30, which is extremely early to get to a club really. And there was no queue, which was great. But we did get out at the Uber and I was looking around. I said, girl, what the? To set the scene for you outside a Heaven nightclub, if you've watched DreamWorks flushed away, it's that vibe. It's just like brick walls. I feel like I'm in a sewer. It's not the vibe, okay? There's like this little rabbit hole which is the club. And I'm like, girl, okay, sure. We pull up, we don't have to pay anything. If there's gonna be a pros list of clubs, you don't have to pay because they expect you to get drinks. But let it be known, I got in there and I wasn't buying a drink. On more of a serious note, at this point last year, there was a huge spike in spiking cases, which is when people like drug drinks. So no one was gonna catch me and you know, spike me. I was terrified. I didn't get a drink all throughout the night, which, you know, looking back, I probably should have just got a drink, but I wasn't feeling up for it. And I know that I would have just convinced myself that something bad had happened. So I wanted to enjoy my night as much as I could without drinking any drink, not even just alcohol. Anyway, so we get in and I remember as we were checking in, the guy at the check-in who stamps your wrist started flirting with me. And I was like, bestie, not the time. Like, can we not? I'm just trying to, I'm trying to like get in and compose myself for like, the shit that's about to ensue with my first induction into 
heaven and just nightclub culture. He was like, hey, I've never seen you here before. And I was like, yeah, bitch, I've never been to the club. Stamp my hand. We get in, we get our drinks, and then we get onto the dance floor. And again, I'm talking about bad music. The bad music was playing, you guys. It was bad for me. I'm doing the little fist pump, and I'm so embarrassed with myself because... Like, I didn't know this was a real thing, but everyone around me was doing it. And then Kian was trying to talk to me and I was trying to talk to him, but we couldn't hear each other. So we were just like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry, I'll tell you later. So anyway, time moves on. Maybe let's say an hour's moved on. All we've really done is like danced, walked around. There's like, in heaven, there's the dance floor. And then there's the bar area that's kind of like big. And it's kind of more like chill, right? So it's still kind of loud, but you can talk there. And there's like little seats to sit down. Well, there's like little benches, I think. Oh, I've been there once. And then upstairs, there's like different music. It's more like chill music upstairs. Actually, it's better music upstairs, which I really like. But we didn't go there until the end of the night, which we'll get on to, Bestie. Like, hold on. Like, let me get to it. What I didn't mention was that this night is a night called Porn Idol. And it's basically where people get on stage and they strip naked while dancing to a song. And um, it's an experience. I mean, I wasn't necessarily like uncomfortable. It was like, it was fine. I wouldn't say it was entertaining by any means though. Like I was kind of just standing there and it was just kind of happening. So I guess we should move on to that point. So it's about an hour or two later now. So let's say it's around like 12 a.m. The show starts, right? Porn Idol is starting. And bitch, it's now fully busy. Like, it feels like it's over capacity kind of busy. The Heaven stage is basically set out. Like, there's a stage and then there's stairs on the side where people can stand. And then there's the dance floor where you can stand as well. And then on the second floor where they have the good music, you can look over onto the stage. Porn Idol starts and... It's just a lot of like, I don't know, like they are getting naked. It's true. They're kind of like half cut. They're half drunk. They're not giving choreography. I would have wished that they would have gone on with some kind of planned routine. They basically have a time limit to get all of their clothes off or like however much clothes they feel comfortable taking off. The queens then judge the people that are stripping. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it for the, like the porn idol. It was kind of boring. I think me and Kian actually walked away from it. After two people that take off their clothes and get fully butt naked, there's only so much of that you can see. So I think we just walked away back to the bar area. It felt like it just kept getting busy. Oh my gosh, actually no, I completely forgot. There's also a smoking area outside, which is actually where we spent probably most of the time. There were certain people that would just come up to us and speak. My friends are very sociable people. So they were just going up to people and just being like, hey, I could never. I My social skills, if it was me, I would have just st stood in the corner. So it was good that my friends were there and like introducing me to people that they didn't know, but they were just hoping that we would get along. And we kind of just did the same thing for about like an hour and a half. And then and then like throughout the night, the friends that were with us started leaving, which was kind of understandable because honestly, the night was somewhat underwhelming. If my friends weren't there, it would have just been so flop. No, it would have been. But the besties were there. So the besties were bestieing. It got to around 2, 3 a.m. And I was like, girl, I literally need to get home and sleep. So me and Kian then went up to a McDonald's, which famously there's a McDonald's right next to that nightclub. I could do a whole episode on this experience alone. Going to a McDonald's at 3 a.m. It's an experience. That's all I'll say. Oh my gosh. So my friends are slightly drunk. I do feel like I'm on the lookout for them. Like they're my besties. I want them to feel safe. So I'm their personal security for the night, which I don't mind doing. Also in these situations, I, there's like no bullshit. I don't know how to explain it, but like I didn't feel necessarily safe in that McDonald's. As soon as like people were calling orders, I was trying to like hurry up our order. I was like, Bestie, we're number 68 and they're only on 50. Like we need to like get it going. And I remember some random guy came up to me and was like, do you want to buy my McDonald's for me? And I was like, fucking no way. Like what the hell, what do you think this is? He was kind of intimidating as well. 
was like, so you're gonna buy my McDonald's? And I straight up said, no. Like I said, I have no, there's no bullshit. I was just like, no. And then I just moved on. And I like walked to some random place in the McDonald's to feel like safer. We got a McDonald's and like, our friends sit on the side of the street. And there was like a whole problem with getting an Uber, which was just like so stressful because I felt so like on edge. We were sitting on the side of the street in the middle of London at 3 a.m. eating a McDonald's. I wasn't eating. I was too focused on getting an Uber. We get an Uber. It's like 30 pounds. I'm now screaming at this point. But honestly, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But I can tell, like I said, those friendships that you can have that force you into those kind of situations. I can tell how it would have been a really, really bad night if I had gone with the wrong people. But because I went with the right people who respected my boundaries, they're the best kind of people to go out to anywhere with, in all honesty, not just clubbing, to a dinner, to the park, to anywhere, you know? Overall, how would I rate my night? at that nightclub. I would rate that night a six, a six out of 10. Maybe that's a bit high, maybe a five or a four. Honestly, I think the only redeemable qualities were the fact that my friends were there. If my friends weren't there, would I be there? No, not at all. But that was my experience of going out clubbing for the first and the only time. I feel like the moral of today's episode is that you need to have friends in your life that respect your boundaries, especially in these situations. We've learned a lot this episode and it's been a great one, to be honest. But before I go, as always, I have a recommendation and a question to answer. First of all, obviously my recommendation of the week was to go and stream my friend Emma Bradley's EP, Grow or Die. Also, Ray's new album, My 21st Century Blues, incredible album. I've been watching a lot of The Last of Us recently. Great, great TV show. You guys need to get into it if you haven't already. Like that show is so good. But yeah, those are my recommendations. Let's get into today's question, which is, why are the comments off on your Instagram? The comments are off on my Instagram because I think there was a point in my life where I was finding validation through comments, which is kind of ridiculous. But then I kind of somewhat got over that. I was just like, you know what? My Instagram is just gonna be my portfolio. I don't need to have validation from comments. I quite like that I've turned off my comments now because people just DM me. If they if they feel like they wanna DM me about a picture, they'll be like, I really like what you're wearing here. Where did you get that from? Like I said, the validation that, that I used to feel from getting comments and likes and stuff. I don't feel that at all. Like when I post, I literally leave. I don't know, when I was younger, when I was in secondary school, I actually saw a TikTok about it recently. There was like a criteria for a post to get. It was like over a hundred likes, multiple comments, which is really funny because I definitely felt that in secondary school as well. But yeah, that's why I don't have the comments on on my Instagram posts. If you wanna get involved in this podcast, you can submit your questions and your story times to kitcanbeinteresting.com on the podcast tab. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at kit.costello. But other than that, I hope you have an amazing week. I'm sending you so much love as always, Kit. <laughs>